we have with us our noble brother, our teacher, the Imam of Masjid Nurullah in Corona, Queens, in New York. He's a student of knowledge, having studied in Egypt, and he's known from the Mashaykh from Egypt and Saudi Arabia. And he's been involved in da'wah, alhamdulillah, for around 20 years. And from him, many of us have benefited. So this is why we hope, by the permission of Allah, we can share some benefits with our community here in Ottawa. Uh, we welcome our brother Abu Yusuf Khalifa, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward him and increase him in good. And the topic that was selected for tonight's lecture is the importance of repentance. Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudillala wa man yudlil falahadiyala wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqatih wala tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Ya ayyuhal nasu taqu rabbakumul ladhi khalaqakum min nafsin wahida wa khalaqa minha zawjaha wa batha minhuma rijalan kathirun wa nisa'a wa taqullaha aladhi tasa'aluna bihi wal arham inna allaha kana alaykum raqiba يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة Barakallah fikum wa ahsanallah ilaykum jami'ah. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to gather here in this blessed markaz, place of worship. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be upon that which He subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with of sincerity and following His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I thank you brothers for inviting me to come to visit the community in hopes that we can share something from the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet for the benefit of our souls in this life as well as in the hereafter. As you heard, the topic of tonight deals with the importance of a tawbah. And this topic is one of great importance in the life of the Muslim. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمْ خَطَّى وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِينَ التَّوَّابُونَ The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned all of the children of Adam, they constantly fall into error and sin and mistake. But the best of them, the best of those who constantly fall into error, fall into sin, fall into mistakes, are those who constantly make tawbah, those who constantly repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the people who turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with tawbah on a consistent basis, these are the best of 
Bani Adam. And we always should strive to be the best of the people so that we can get the best of the rewards with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a statement here from Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu an. And this is when Umar ibn Khattab, he wrote a letter to Abu Musa al-Ashari radiyallahu anhuma mentioning to him that if he was to give a judgment and then later on he sees that the judgment he gave was not one that is correct, then he should not allow this matter to prevent him from returning back to what he knows to be correct. And then he mentioned, and this is the shahid here, he said, That returning back to the truth takes precedence over procrastination upon falsehood. And when a person is in a state of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is not following the truth. And he is not upon the path of the truth at that moment. And as long as the person remains in a state of sin and disobeying Allah, he is not following the truth. So Umar ibn Khattab's statement is applicable to every sinner every individual who is procrastinating upon the disobedience of Allah which is falsehood and wrongdoing they're returning back to the truth and what is the truth? the truth is that which is in accordance with the kitab and the sunnah the truth is the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the haq is the following of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, taking him as the qudwa as Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ That indeed, you have in the Messenger of Allah a beautiful example for the one who hopes with the meeting with Allah on the last day. And we will see the example of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as it relates to the affair of a tawbah the word at-tawbah, the ulama mentioned, it is taken from tawaba, And this is from the linguistic aspect. And what it entails or indicates ar-rujur, the returning back from something. And it is also said, taba tawbatan idha raja'a an dhanbihi. That he repented with a repentance when he returned back from his sin. As for the Legislative meaning, the ulama they say here, رُجُعُ الْعَبْدِ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنَ الذَّنْبِ That tawbah, as it relates to the legislation, it is the servants returning back to Allah from the committing of the sin. Or تَرْكُ الذَّنْبِ مَخَافَةَ اللَّهِ The abandonment of the sin out of the fear of Allah Azza wa Jal and all of this is considered to be from At-Tawbah Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions وَالتَّوْبَةَ رُجُوعَ أَمَّا تَابَ مِنْهُ إِلَى مَا تَابَ إِلَيْهِ فَالتَّوْبَةَ الْمَشْرُعَةَ هِيَ الرُّجُوعَ إِلَى اللَّهِ 
وإلى فعل ما أمر به وترك ما نهى عنه وليست التوبة من فعل السيئات فقط كما يظن كثير من الجهال شيخ الإسلام بن تيمية رحمه الله تعالى he states that توبه is returning back from that which the person has repented from to that which the person is turning to so the legislated tawbah, it is the return to Allah. That is what is intended by making tawbah. You're returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're re- returning back to or turning to doing that which Allah azawajal has commanded. This is tawbah. Tawbah is abandoning that which Allah azawajal has prohibited. And tawbah is not the repentance from doing evil alone, as many of the ignorant they think it is to be. He goes on to mention, Rahimahullah, لا يتصورون التوبة إلا عما يفعله العبد من القبائح كالفواحش والمظالم بل التوبة من ترك الحسنات المأمور بها أهم من التوبة من فعل السيئات المهية عنها. The Sheikh mentions, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that you find the people, the ignorant people, they do not perceive that Toba is anything except from that which the servant does of evil and indecency. That this is only Toba. That when a person does something that is from the evil characteristics or something that is despicable or something that is indecent uh, from the indecent acts or that which entails oppression, some people think that this is when you make Toba. The Sheikh, he says, rather making tawbah from abandoning the commanded good deeds or the deeds that have been commanded with doing, this is more important than making tawbah from doing evil, that which has been prohibited. So the Shahid from the speech of Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, that you have tawbah from falling into the muharramat, and then you have Tawbah from abandoning the Wajibat. These are two categories of Tawbah. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he says that making Tawbah from abandoning the obligatory acts is more important than making Tawbah from doing that which is haram. Also, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions a third category of Tawbah, and that is making Tawbah from leaving off that which is recommended. And this tawbah is mustahab. The first tawbah from fi'l muharramat and tarq al-wajibat, wajib, yani, wajibah. The first tawbah, making tawbah from abandoning that which Allah has commanded you to do and doing what is haram, you have to make that tawbah. That's an obligatory tawbah. And then you have the tawbah from the abandonment of the mustahabbat, the recommended action. And why? The Sheikh, he explained that this tawbah is a recommended tawbah. Because you allowed the time to come and go where you could have done something that was recommended and you didn't take advantage of it. This is understood? I'll give an example. The time for duha comes in. You're in the masjid. Or you're at home, you live close to the masjid. 
and the iqama is 20 minutes after the adhan. You had time to pray the four raka'ah from the nawafil or the ratibah that's connected to dhuhr before you left to go to the masjid, but you didn't do it. For no reason, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions that you should make tawbah from that. It's not obligatory to make tawbah because the act is a recommended act, but you're making tawbah for not taking advantage of the time. You had the opportunity to do good and you didn't take advantage of it. So here the tawbah is mustahabba. It's recommended that whenever you let a time pass where you could have done something good from the recommended acts and you did not do it, that you make tawbah for not taking advantage of that time. As we are commanded, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned, اِغْتَنَمْ خَمْسًا قَبْلَ خَمْس Take advantage of five before five. شَبَابَ قَبْلَ حَرَمِقْ Take advantage of your youth before your old age. وَسِحَّةَ قَبْلَ مَرَدِكْ And take advantage of your health before your sickness. Right? وَفَرَاغَ قَبْلَ شُغْلِقْ and take advantage of your free time before becoming preoccupied. Right? And take advantage of your richness before your poverty. And take advantage of your life before your death. So we are encouraged in the religion of Al-Islam to take advantage of the time by doing good and not allowing the opportunities of good to pass us by. And whenever we do this, then it is recommended that we make tawbah to Allah for allowing that time to pass. Not because we've done a sin, but because we didn't take advantage of the time to get closer to Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Shaykh al-Islam, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions a category of tawbah that is prohibited. Yani tawbah muharrama. And this type of tawbah is making tawbah from doing good. The Shaykh, he mentions that nobody makes tawbah from doing good except for a kafir or a fasiq. If the person knows that the matter is good, and then he does the good and then makes tawbah from doing good, that this person is either a disbeliever or a criminal. Why is that? Because tawbah entails a nadim. Tawbah entails regret. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, a nadim of tawbah, that regret is repentance. So how can you repent from doing something good except that you have to regret doing that good and have the firm resolve never to do it again? Because these are part of the conditions of tawbah. So it's not befitting for a person to repent from doing good. Rather, when you do good, you should increase and be consistent in doing good. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, أَحَبُّ الْأَعْمَالِ إِلَى اللَّهِ that the most beloved actions to Allah are those actions that are done on a consistent basis, even if they're small in number. When we speak about a tawbah, there are many virtues of a tawbah. From the virtues of a tawbah, tawbah is from iman. This is a part of one's faith. That he makes tawbah. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions in Surah Tahrim, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. O you who believe, 
Repent to Allah with sincere repentance. How does this verse prove that Tawbah is from Iman? Because in the beginning, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who believe. And whenever Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who believe, the scholars they mention, number one, Allah Azza wa Jal is calling the believers by that which he has favored them with. Rather, it is Allah who has favored you that he guided you to faith. So when a person hears this statement, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who believe, then know that Allah Azza wa Jal is calling upon the people by that which he favored them with. Because iman is a ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, when Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, calling upon us by that which he has favored us with, it is upon us to show gratitude for that favor of iman by doing whatever is commanded after Ya ayyuhalladina amanu. This is the shukr for the ni'mah of iman. So in this case, making tawbah, is showing gratitude for the favor of Iman. The second matter the ulama they mention as it relates to Ya ayyuhalladina amanu that Allah Azza wa Jal is calling upon the people by that which they claim for themselves. You ask the person, are you a believer or a disbeliever? The person says, I'm a believer. I believe in Allah. I believe in Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa To the end. Okay, all you who believe, meaning all you who claim to be believers. Prove your faith by carrying out the command. Prove your faith by staying away from the prohibition. So you have two matters here. The gratitude and proving one's claim of Iman. Which shows that making Tawbah is a proof that a person has Iman. It's understood? So Allah Azza wa Jal, He calls upon those who believe to repent to him with sincere repentance. Another proof that Tawbah is from Iman, Allah Azza wa Jal, he states, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ And repent to Allah, all of you, O you who believe, in order that you may be successful. So here again, Allah Azza wa Jal is addressing the believers to make Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he subhanahu wa ta'ala connects to the making of tawbah success and that's a virtue of tawbah that if you repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you will be from the muflihin you will be from those who are successful you will have falah and in this life as well as in the hereafter and this here is a great virtue that success is connected with making tawbah. So when the shaitan whispers to you not to make tawbah, understand that he is whispering to you something that entails failure and destruction. Because the shaitan, he calls and incites the people not to make tawbah. As Allah Azza wa Jal, he mentions, وَلَا تُلْكُ بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى التَّهْلُكَ And do not let your hands be the cause of your destruction. One of the interpretations of this verse is that when a servant commits a sin, the shaitan comes to him and tells him Allah is not going to forgive you. 
person he sins, the shaitan says to him, Allah is not going to forgive you. So now he causes the servant to fall into a state of despair. So he continues to do the sin instead of making tawbah. Because shaitan tricked him to think that Allah would not forgive him. So now he continues upon the path of sin. And in doing that, he's destroying himself with his own hands. So when the shaitan calls you or whispers to you and tells you that Allah is not going to forgive you, he's calling you to destruction. He's directing you towards destruction. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling you to success by way of making tawbah. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ and Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَكْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جِمِعًا Say, O oh my servants who have wronged themselves, do not despair from the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. This is the verse that we use to combat the shaitan when the shaitan whispers to us that Allah doesn't forgive the sins. Another virtue as it relates to a tawbah, that Allah Azza wa Jal, He loves those who repent. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الطَّوَّابِينَ وَيُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِّرِينَ That indeed Allah, He loves those who constantly repent and He loves those who constantly purify themselves. So Allah Azza wa Jal and this verse is establishing for himself that he has the characteristic of love. And from those whom he loves, subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who make tawbah consistently. And when Allah loves an act or loves a people, this is, this is an encouragement for us to do that act. This is an encouragement for us to be from those people. As for those who refuse to repent... Then Allah Azza wa Jal described them, وَمَن لَمْ يَتُوبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ And whoever does not repent, then those are the wrongdoers. People who don't repent to Allah, Allah describes them with having dhulm. And this dhulm is the dhulm of oneself, the oppression of oneself. When you commit a sin and you don't repent from the sin, you are wronging yourself, you are harming yourself. Because the rahmah of Allah is wasi'ah. The mercy of Allah is vast. And you're depriving yourself from that vast mercy when you are refusing to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another narration we have establishing the virtues of a tawbah, that which has come on many companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the likes of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, and Al-Bara ibn Azib and Al-Nu'man ibn Bashir, Abu Huraira and others where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned Lallah ashaddu farahan bitawbati abdihi hina yatub ilayhi min ahadikum kana ala rahilatihi bi'ardin falatin fanfalatat minhu wa alayha tu'amuhu wa sharabuhu fa'ayisa minha fa'ata shajaratan fattaj'a fi dhilliha قَدْ أَيَسَى مَنْ رَاحِلَتِهِ فَبَيْنَمَا هُوَ كَذَلِكَ إِذَا هُوَ بِهَا قَائِمَةً عِنْدَهُ فَأَخَذَ بِخِطَامِهَا ثُمَّ قَالَ مِنْ شِدَّةِ الْفَرَحِ اللَّهُمَّ أَنْتَ عَبْدِي وَأَنَا رَبُّكَ أَخْطَأَ مِنْ شِدَّةِ الْفَرَحِ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he stated that indeed Allah is more happy 
with the repentance of his servant. When he repents, then the happiness of one of you who was on his riding animal in a barren land, like a desert. And then his animal, it leaves, it runs away from him, leaves him. And upon his animal, his riding animal is his food and his drink. So the individual, he gives up hope of getting his animal back that has his food and drink, meaning he thinks that that's it, he's going to die. So he goes to a tree and lays down under the shade of the tree. He has given up hope that his animal will return back to him. So now he's just waiting for death. And as he is in that state, then his animal returns back to him and it is standing over him. And then he takes the animal by the reins, and he, meaning he gets his food and his drink back. And then he says from severe happiness, O oh Allah, indeed you are my slave and I am your Lord. He has made a mistake due to the severeness of his happiness. So think about a man who's in a desert and the only provisions that he has are those that are upon his animal. And then his animal runs away from him with his food and his drink. And if anyone has been in the desert, you know the conditions are rough in the desert, especially at night from the severe cold and then in the morning from the severe heat. And then there's no one else around that can help him or there's no other provisions around. And it's too far for him to walk, to get to a town and the likes. He's dead. He's a dead man. He's a dead man. So now he's, he can't get his provisions back. So he just goes under the tree and he's waiting for death to come because he's given up all hope. That's what's intended by the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. That he has given up hope. So now the only thing left is for him to die. Now being in that state, right, the animal returns back to him. He's not going to die. He has severe happiness. Allah is more happy than that individual. When a person makes tawbah, repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more happy with your tawbah than that individual is happy with his animal returning back to him with his provisions. And that in itself is an indication of the importance of tawbah. That is something that makes Allah extremely happy. And the happiness of Allah is a happiness that's befitting to his majesty. As Allah mentions, And there is nothing similar to him. And he is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. Making tawbah is from the ways of the prophets and the messengers. And refusing to make tawbah is from the way of Iblis. As Allah Azzawajal has mentioned to us the story of our father Adam alayhi salam. And the shaitan tricked him and our mother Hawa and caused him to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, Adam alayhi salam and Hawa, they both repented. They made tawbah. As for Iblis, when Allah azawajal commanded him to prostrate to Adam, as Allah mentions, Aba was takbara wa kana min al-kafirin. He refused, he was arrogant, and he was from amongst the disbelievers. Iblis, he never repented, he never made tawbah. But Adam alayhi salam, he made tawbah. So here we have... An example of who not to be like as it relates to Iblis. When you commit a sin, don't be arrogant. Repent to Allah, humble yourself. And then we have the example of who to be like when one falls into error. And that is our father Adam alayhi salam who was one of the prophets from the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah azza wa mentions, فَتَلَقَّى 
آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ So Adam a.s. he received some words of inspiration from his Lord. So he, re- he turned into repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah accepted the repentance from Adam. And indeed Allah is the oft acceptor of repentance and the bestower of mercy. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, he said, Ya ayyuhal nas, tubu ilallah, fa'inni atubu ilayhi fil yawm mi'amarra. O mankind, repent to Allah, for indeed I repent to Allah, or I turn to him in repentance 100 times in a day. Now here's the question. Was the Prophet a sinner and a criminal? No. The Prophet sallallahu was the best of mankind. He worshipped Allah the best. He was the most obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why is it that the Prophet sallallahu is repenting to Allah 100 times in a day? The ulama, they mention, this is from the completeness of his servitude. That from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam being a complete servant of Allah, that he does the different acts of worship. Even that which is recommended for him to do, or that which is not upon him to do, he does it. And this is from the completeness of his servitude. Another point, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is repenting in this manner as a means of teaching the ummah the importance of tawbah. Here it is, we sin night and day and disobey Allah night and day. But how many times do we make tawbah in a night and a day? Here it is, the Prophet sallallahu he's not a sinner. He's not one who's disobedient to Allah, but yet 100 times in a day, he is repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ulama, they mention that when a person doesn't repent, that this is a damage and a harm that is caused to the heart. And this is based upon the narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned, إِنَّ الْعَبْدِ إِذَا أَذْنَبَ نُكِتَتْ فِي قَلْبِهِ نُقْتَةٌ سَوْدَاء That whenever the servant commits a sin, a black spot is written in his heart or placed in his heart. But if he was to repent and abandon the sin and seek forgiveness of Allah, his heart will become clean and pure again. But if he increases in the sin, I mean he doesn't make tawbah, he doesn't seek the forgiveness of Allah, then the black spot will be increased until it overcomes his heart. فَذَلِكُمُ الرَّانَ الَّذِي ذَكَرَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ تَلَى قَوْلَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى كَلَّا بَلْ رَانَ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that if the individual increases in the sin, then the black spot increases in his heart until it overcomes his heart. And that is the covering which Allah azawajal has mentioned. And he mentioned the statement of Allah, nay, there is a seal or a covering over their hearts for that which they have earned. So know that whenever the person, he commits an act of disobedience, that the black spot is placed upon his heart. And this black spot, it is a sickness. Because as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, there are three types of hearts. Al-qalb al-suhi, the well heart, the heart that is sound, that is healthy. Then you have al-qalb, 
Then you have the sick heart. Then you have al-qalb al-mayyit. Then you have the dead heart. The heart that is healthy, this is the heart of the strong believer. The one who is obedient to Allah Azza wa Jal. He has a healthy heart. He has a strong heart. As for the one who has a sick heart, then this is the heart of the weak believer, the Muslim who is a sinner. And then as for the dead heart, then this is the heart of the kafir and the munafiq. Their hearts are dead. The point is that if the heart is sick, sickness can eventually lead to death. As the ulama, they mention al-ma'asi baridun lil-kufr. The acts of disobedience can eventually take a person to disbelief. Because you keep sinning and you keep sinning and you keep sinning and the shaitan is taking you further and further away from the deen till eventually he gets you to apostate and leave the religion in totality. Because that's the goal of Iblis to get the people to eventually leave the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he comes step by step. He doesn't just come and say disbelieve in Allah. Rather, the shaitan, he comes with one matter, then another matter, then another matter, then another matter, then another matter. And he keeps pulling you further away, further away. Now it went from you praying five times a day to now you only pray four times. And then from four, drop to two. And then from two to one. And then from one, only praying on the day of Jumu'ah. Until eventually you abandon the prayer altogether. This is how shaitani works. The ulama, they mention that it is obligatory for the person to make tawbah immediately and not to delay making tawbah because the procrastination as it relates to making tawbah that this matter itself is an act of disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah azza wa jal commands us with tawbah and the origin as it relates to asl, as it relates to an amr or commandment from Allah is that you're supposed to do it immediately unless there is proof to show that there's something that can be delayed. And Shaykh Uthaymeen rahimahullah ta'ala, he spoke about this issue about when Allah commands a servant with a commandment that the origin is that you should, you should post, you're supposed to carry out the commandment immediately. And he said, it's... Think about a father who commands his son to do something. You send your son to the store to get groceries. He takes the money, he goes outside, he plays a couple of games of soccer. And then he goes to a friend's house and visits his friend. And then he goes here and there and then he gets the groceries and brings them home. Is he in trouble or not? Huh? The sheikh said he's in trouble. <laughs> I'm a father, he's in trouble. My son is in trouble if he does that. And most fathers for sure because... Even though you did not say come right back, when you send it, go to the store and get the groceries, it's understood that he's supposed to go to the store and come right back. And that's the point that Shaykh Uthaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, was making, that when Allah commands a servant with the command, it's understood that you're supposed to carry out that commandment as soon as possible, unless there is an indication that it's something that can be delayed or you have a time frame. Or as an example, if the father was to say to his son, before you come in tonight, stop by the store and get such and such. Okay, now you, he has some leeway to go and do what he does and then he comes. He says, before you come in, stop by the store. But if he says, go to the store, take the money, go to the store and get the groceries for your mother. That means right now. For Allah is the greater example. So the ulama, they mention that as it relates to tawbah, 
that a person should not procrastinate when it comes to making tawbah. As Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions, Inna Allah jahala, thumma min qareeb. فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُتُوبُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلِيمًا حَكِيمًا وَلَيْسَتِ التَّوْبَ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ حَتَّى إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ قَالَ إِنِّي تُبْتُ الْآنَ وَلَلَّذِينَ يَمُوتُونَ وَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ أُولَٰئِكَ أَعْتَدْنَا لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا Surah An-Nisa verses 17 and 18 Indeed the tawbah upon Allah is only for those who do evil out of ignorance. And then they repent soon after. Those are the ones who Allah will accept their repentance. And Allah is all-knowing and all-wise. Tawbah is not for those who do evil. And then they wait until death comes to one of them. And when death comes, he says, okay, I repent right now. Nor is tawbah for those who die while they are disbelievers. Those are the ones whom we have prepared for them a painful torment. So from these verses, the scholars have extracted that delaying toba is a sin. Delaying toba is a sin. And that when a person commits an act of disobedience, one should not delay making toba. This does not contradict the authentic narration that is on the authority of Abi Umama, radiyallahu an. عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الصاحب الشم إن الصاحب الشمال لا يرفع القلم ست ساعات عن العبد المسلم المختي أو المسيء فإن ندم واستغفر الله منها القاها وإلا كتبت واحدة وحسن هذا الحديث الشيخ الألباني رحمه الله تعالى أبو أمامة he mentioned that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the angel that is on the left he raises up the pen for six hours from the Muslim servant who has done something wrong. If he has regret and he seeks the forgiveness of Allah from the sin, then the angel will throw it away. But if he does not repent, then it is written as one sin. So from the narration, we understand that the angel who writes down your bad deeds when you commit the sin, he doesn't write it down for six hours. That does not mean that you are not to repent immediately. Rather, that's a fadl min Allah alayk. That's a virtue from Allah upon you or upon us. That the angel does not write down the sin for six hours. That's Allah's mercy. But that doesn't mean now you're supposed to procrastinate making tawbah. Or you commit a sin at five o'clock and then you're going to count the time. Right? And say, well, I have until 11 before the angel writes it down. So you're going to keep enjoying this. Hold up, 11, daddy. Be careful. Don't play around with the deen like that. You know, shaitan is, well, Allah, shaitan is wicked. He'll use the hadith. Well, the angel don't write it for six hours. You good, you know? You're all right. Take your time. Who's to say you won't pass away before that six-hour period? Death comes all of a sudden. And now you want to say... No, 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 no tawbah at that time. So the hadith itself is just mentioning that this is a virtue from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That the angel does not write down the deed for six hours. So if you repent before that, it's never written in your book. But if you don't repent before the six hour period, it's written down. But still, if you make tawbah correctly, Allah will forgive you. But the only thing, that deed is still written in your book. 
even though Allah has forgiven you, is still there. That's the difference. That's the difference. So it's better to repent and not have the deed written in your book then procrastinating the Tawbah, and then it's written, then you repent later and you're forgiven, but the deed is still written there. We don't want the deeds written in our book. If an individual, he commits a crime, and the judge tells him, we will erase this from your record, but you have to do these things. You have to do such and such hour of community service, but if you don't do the community service, we're going to write the crime against you. It's going to be on your record, but it won't affect you. Because you did do some jail time. Which one are you going to prefer? The act is not on your record at all. That it doesn't show at all on your record. Nobody wants evil written on their record. This is in the dunya. We don't want to go for a job interview and then when they do a background check, this felony, this misdemeanor, this. Nobody wants that. So how much more so on the day of judgment when you're standing in front of the Lord of the world and your records are being produced? What do you want to be on there? We have to have concern for these affairs. And subhanAllah wa bihamdi, we find that which Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us of as it relates to Tawbah and what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi informed us of as it relates to Tawbah so that we can hasten to make Tawbah and so that we can come on the Day of Judgment with a clean slate. So making Tawbah is obligatory. Now we move on to the conditions of a Tawbah. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions Tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. Repent to Allah with sincere repentance. So that shows that we are not to repent with just any type of repentance. Rather, we repent with correct repentance, sincere repentance. And the first condition that is mentioned by the ulama that the person must have iman, that a person he must have faith. Because the tawbah of the disbeliever doesn't count as long as he is a disbeliever. For the actions of the disbeliever have no value. So the first thing is that the person should be a believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Practicing and believing in al-Islam. As Allah azza wa jal, he had mentioned, O oh, you who believe, he's addressing the believers also, we have a statement that the ulama they used, and this is Surah Tawbah, verse number 54. مَنَعَهُمْ أَنْ إِلَّا كَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ وَبِرَسُولِهِ And nothing prevented them from having that which they spent being accepted, except that they disbelieved in Allah and His Messenger. The point here. They did something of good, but it wasn't accepted from them because of their kufr. And tawbah is from good. So likewise, if a person makes tawbah, but he has shirk and kufr, it's going to block the tawbah from being accepted. And then we have the affair of al-ikhlas. You have to be sincere in your making of tawbah. For any act that is done without sincerity, it is rejected. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَأَصْلَهُ وَعَتَسَمُوا بِاللَّهِ وَأَخْلَصُوا دِينَهُمْ Except for those who repent and they rectify and they hold fast to Allah and they make their practice of the religion a sincere practice. Also the famous hadith of Umar bin Khattab, 
where he said he heard the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam say, innamal a'mal bin niyat, that indeed actions are by the intentions. So it is a must that when a person is making tawbah, that he is making tawbah seeking the pleasure of Allah and the reward from Allah and Allah's forgiveness. And not that he is making tawbah because he's afraid of the people. As you have individuals, they're pressured to retract things and repent from things publicly. And they're only doing it because of the pressure of the people. No, when a person makes a mistake and he retracts his mistake and makes tawbah from the mistake, it has to be for the sake of Allah, not for the sake of the pressure from the people. Because tawbah is an act of ibadah. And all ibadah is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second condition, the person has to make tawbah, or what comes after that is, because this is number three now, the person has to make tawbah before the time of tawbah elapses. There is a window period to make tawbah. And this divides into two categories. Number one, the time of death. And number two, when the sun rises from the west. If a person does not make tawbah, before the person dies or before the sun rises from the west, then the tawbah is not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We go back to the verse that was mentioned earlier, that the tawbah is not accepted from the one who makes tawbah at the time of death. Then there's a narration from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَقْبَلُ تَوْبَةَ الْعَبْدِ مَا لَمْ يُغَرْغِرُ That indeed Allah, He accepts the tawbah of the servant as long as he has not started that gargle of death. Meaning once the angel of death comes, that's it. It's over. You can't start making tawbah at that time. The time of tawbah has elapsed. Also, the other time is when the sun rises from the west. Because when the sun rises from the west, this is a major sign of the day of judgment. And you're going to have people on that day when the sun rises from the west and they see this magnificent sign, they're going to believe at that time. But Allah is not going to accept from them their iman. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, Man that whoever repents before the sun rises from the west, then Allah will accept his repentance. Allah will accept his repentance. And here's the thing. We do not know when we're going to die, and we do not know when the sun is going to rise from the west. Don't procrastinate when it comes to making tawbah. Stop listening to shaitan making you think that you have this time, especially the youth, our young brothers, teenagers and those who are in their early adulthood don't think that you have until 60 years of age to make toba who says you're going to reach that age babies don't die and not that the babies are sinners but i'm saying children die right or wrong there's no age limit when it comes to death one can't say for sure that he's going to reach the age of 60 and then he's going to get his life together because that age is when Allah doesn't accept the repentance no more the hadith that indicates that doesn't mean that. As for what relates to the person who has reached the age of 60, that if he's still committing sins and being disobedient to Allah, more than likely he's not going to stop. Because if you reach this point in life and you're still acting up, for lack of better words, then when is he going to stop? Because the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, أَعْمَارْ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ بَيْنَ السِّتِينَ وَالسَّبْعِينَ سَنَةِ وَقَلِيلٌ مَنْ يُجَاوِزُهَا 
that the age of this nation, the average age of this nation is between 60 and 70 years of age. And few people go beyond that. So if a man reaches 60, he has reached that which is normally the lifespan for the people of this ummah. So he's still running around drinking, gambling, committing zina, stealing, lying. So when it says that Allah doesn't accept the toba of a person who has reached the age of 60, meaning that the individual more than likely, if he's still doing these sins at this age, he's not going to stop. So he doesn't make toba. So there is no toba to be accepted from him because he doesn't make toba. Another condition is a nedim. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, a nedim toba, that regret is repentance. Meaning that the person, he feels sorry for what he has done. There's regret in the heart, that the person has regret in his heart for that which he has done. And also with the regret, there should be acknowledgement of the sin. And here's the thing, these two go together. Because sometimes a person may feel sorry for what he did, but he doesn't believe he was wrong. And sometimes a person can acknowledge what he did was wrong, but he has no regret. So you find in the text, Regret being mentioned in one text and then acknowledgement in another. So we have in the narration that regret is Tawbah. And then look at the narration of Abu Bakr radiallahu an. He said, Qala li Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, allimni du'a'an. Abu Bakr, he said to the Messenger of Allah, teach me a du'a. Ad'u bihi fi salati. That I can make du'a with in my prayer. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, قُلْ أَلَّهُمَّ إِنِّي ظَلَمْتُ نَفْسِ ظُلْمًا كَثِيرًا O Allah, indeed I have wronged myself with a lot of wrongdoing. وَلَا يَكْفِرُ الظُّنُوبِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ And no one forgives the sins except for you. فَغَفِرْ لِي مَغْفِرَةً مِنْ عِنْدِكَ So forgive me with a forgiveness from you. وَارْحَمْنِي إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمِ And have mercy upon me for indeed... You are the all-forgiven and most merciful. So here is the i'tiraf, the acknowledgement. Oh Allah, indeed I have wronged myself with a lot of wrong. And also in the Sayyid al-Istighfar, وَأَبُوُ لَكَ بِذَنْبِ And oh Allah, I acknowledge my sin to you. So it is a must that the person acknowledges his sin along with having regret for the sin. Another matter that is mentioned is the abandonment of the sin. Al-Iqla' and al-Dhamb. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُوا الظُّنُوبِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And those who do acts of indecency, or they have wronged themselves, they remember Allah and they seek the forgiveness of their sins. And who is the one who forgives the sins except for Allah? And then they do not continue upon the sin while they know better. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions they do not continue upon the sin while they know better. Another point, al-azm ala adam al-rujur. Having the firm resolve that you are not going to go back to the sin. This is a part of tawbah. That you have, when you say, Oh Allah, forgive me. Oh Allah, pardon my sin. That in your heart, you don't have the intention to do it again. See, some people, when they say, Astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayh, in their heart is the intent to go and do it again. That's not tawbah. 
a person he's smoking marijuana and smoking weed is haram because it intoxicates you. Don't talk about it's from the earth or is is the Canadian government has passed a law now that smoking marijuana is lawful. Don't none none of that. Smoking weed is haram, and the person knows it's haram. He smokes weed, right? But as he's smoking, this is his last joint. But in his mind, his man is coming through with that package tonight. They're going to smoke again. So he has the intent to do it again later on. That's not Toba. Because in his heart, he's going to return back. He's going to go back again. So from the conditions of Toba is that when you make Toba to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to have the condition that you're not going to do it again. Does it mean that it's not going to happen again? No, it doesn't mean that. These are two different affairs. Because it's possible that a person, he makes Toba, and he sincerely has the intent not to do it again, but then he gets weak and he falls into the sin again. Here's the question. Is that first Toba accepted or not? You say yes. Anyone says no? Is the first the person he makes Toba from stealing? And he really has the intent to stop, right? And he says, all right, that's it. I'm not going to steal no more. But then later on, he walks by a store and he sees something he always wanted. He gets weak, he steals again. What happens to that first Toba? Accepted or rejected? Accepted. is Because he intended not to steal again. He intended with sincerity that he was not going to commit the sin again. Here is a narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu anhu. عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال أذنب عبد ذنبا فقال اللهم اغفر لي ذنبي فقال تبارك وتعالى أذنب عبدي فعلم أن له ربا يغفر الذنب ويأخذ بالذنب ثم عاد فأذنب فقال أي رب اغفر لي ذنبي فقال تبارك وتعالى عبدي أذنب ذنبا فعلم أن له ربا يغفر الذنب ويأخذ بالذنب ثم عاد فأذنب فقال أي رب اغفر لي ذنبي فقال تبارك وتعالى أذنب عبدي ذنبا فعلم أن له ربا يغفر الذنب ويأخذ بالذنب اعمل ما شد فقد غفرت لك The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said a servant commits a sin. He says, Oh Allah, forgive me of my sin. And then Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, he says, My servant has committed a sin. And he knows that he has a Lord who forgives the sin and will take him to account for the sin. And then he goes back and commits the sin again. And then he says, Oh my Lord, forgive me of my sin. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, he says, My servant has committed a sin. And he knows that he has a Lord who forgives the sin and takes to account for the sin. And then the servant goes back again and does the sin. He says, oh, my Lord, forgive me of, this, of my sin. And then Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala, he says, my servant has committed a sin. And he knows that he has a Lord who forgives the sin and takes for the sin. And then Allah, he says, do as you wish, for indeed I have forgiven you. So here is an example of a person. He made sincere toba, but got weak again, committed the sin. And then made sincere toba again, and then got weak again and committed the sin. And made sincere toba, and then got weak and committed the sin. So the shahid from the hadith is that as long as you are making sincere toba, 
if you get weak, it does not affect the previous tawbah. You just have to make tawbah again. This hadith is not an encouragement now because Allah says, do as you wish. Don't, no, no, no. Don't, <laughs> don't understand. Okay, now I'm going to go out and have a good time because the brother read the hadith where Allah said, do as you wish. No. What's intended here is that as long as you are making sincere tawbah, Allah will forgive you. Even if you keep repeating the sin over and over and over again. But it is upon you to strive to stop. You have to make an effort to stop and to stay away from the sins. And a lot of times our sins come as a result of the places we be. The people we hang around. Right? What did the Prophet say? That the person is on the religion of his friend. So let each one of you look at who you befriend. Also, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. O you who believe, fear Allah and be with those who are truthful. You can't just be with anybody. The man who killed 99 people and then made it 100. What did the, what did the alam tell him? Leave from that place you come from. For indeed, there are people who are evil there and go to the place where the people are worshipping Allah. Sometimes you have to change your environment in order to stop sinning. As long as you keep hanging out in the hood, you're going to keep selling drugs. You're going to keep using drugs. You're going to keep fornicating or committing adultery. You're going to keep killing. And other than that, from the sins, because of the environment. What did the prophet say? There is no child except that the child is born upon the natural disposition. And then it's the parents that turn the child into a Jew or a Christian or a fire worshiper. The shahid from the narration is that a person's environment can have a negative effect upon him. Allah created us upon the correct way, the natural disposition. Our belief is not like the Christians that we are born with original sin. That's not our creed. A child is born pure upon the natural disposition. Children are not born as criminals. That's a behavior that is learned. Children are not born polytheists. Children are not born homosexuals. Children are not born thieves and other than that. That's something that is learned. Where does that come from? The surroundings, the environment, the company that is kept. A last point, Barakallah Fikum, it relates to making toba when you have wronged someone. Because there are sins that are between you and Allah. And then there are the sins that are between you and the creation. As for those sins that are between you and Allah, then it's upon you to turn to Allah and make tawbah. But as for those sins where you have wronged somebody, you have to fix that. And this goes back to the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, أَتَدَرُونَ مَنْ الْمُفْلِسِ Do you know who the bankrupt person is? قَالُوا الْمُفْلِسِ فِينَا مَنْ لَا دِرْحَمْ لَهُ وَلَا مَتَعَهُ the Sahaba, they said that the bankrupt person is a person who doesn't have any wealth and he doesn't have no provisions. The Prophet وسلم, he said, Al-Muflis fina yati yawm al-qiyama bi salatin wa siyaman wa sadaqatin walakinnahu shatamahada. The Prophet he said that the Muflis amongst us, the bankrupt person amongst us, the poor person amongst us, is the one who comes on the day of judgment and he has prayer. He has fasting and he has given charity, but he verbally abused this person. The 
ويأتي هذا ويأخذ من حسناته ويأتي هذا ويأخذ من حسناته فإذا فنيت حسناته قبل أن يقضى ما عليه أخذت من سيئاتهم وطرحت عليه ثم طرح في النار وكما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet ﷺ, he's describing this person who's going to be poor on the day of judgment. Poor, bankrupt, nothing. He had prayer in the life of this world. He gave sadaqah, he fasted in Ramadan and other than that. But on the day of judgment, he's going to be bankrupt. What happens to his deeds? The Prophet said he cursed this person, falsely accused this person, stole the money of this person, beat this person, unlawfully shed the blood of this person, cursed this individual. So now these people are going to come and they're going to get their rights back. So this person's going to come, take his right. This person's going to come, take his right. This person is going to come, take his right. And this person's going to come, take his right. So if all of his good deeds run out before he gives the people back their rights, what's going to happen now? Because he still owes people. Their sins are going to be taken from them and placed on him. And then after that, he's going to be thrown into the hellfire. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِي وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِي وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِي لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ يَوْمَ إِذٍ شَأْنُ يُغْنِي On the day when the person will flee from his brother, run away from his brother on the day of judgment, and he will run from his mother and his father, he will run from his spouse and his child. Everybody being busied with their own affairs on that day. This ulama, they say, why are the people running away from each other? They're running away from each other so that the people don't say, oh, you owe me. Yeah, I, need, I want my right. Oh, you owe me. Yeah, you did such and such to me. Because on that day, everybody's going to need their good. Because when the people see that hellfire coming, and the prophet described the hellfire as having 70,000 chains, and on each chain, there's 70,000 angels. They bring in the hellfire, and the hellfire is roaring. It's going to be serious that day, to the point when Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he mentioned how people are going to be resurrected barefooted and naked and uncircumcised. And the men and the women will be standing next to each other. And Aisha said, they're not going to be looking at one another. And the prophet said, the matter is going to be too serious that day, oh Aisha. It's too serious that day. Think about it. Some of us, we can't control our eyes. Girl walk by, we follow her. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. That's why Allah tells us to lower our gaze. But you're going to lower your gaze on the day of judgment. Because it's going to be too serious. The most beautiful woman can be standing right next to you. You will not glance at her, not once. Too serious. You don't have time to look at her. And she don't have time to look at you. Nobody's talking to one another. People running from each other. Your mother that you love so much, right? That you sacrificed the world for her. That wife that you love so much, right? The apple of your eye. The one you're working two jobs for her. You're going to be running away from her. That child... That you love so much. The child that you disobey Allah for. Some of us, we disobey Allah for our children because we don't want to upset our children. We're going to be running away from these children. The children are going to be running away from us. Because nobody wants to give up no deeds on that day. Very serious affair. So it's important that if we have done something wrong to each other, fix it now. Because on that day, there's not going to be any fixing the matter with dollars and cents and gold and silver. Okay, look, just take... No, no, no. It's going to be deeds. Good deeds and bad deeds. And I will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. Wa subhanakallahumma bihamdik. 
Shadu an la ilaha ila antastaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Barakallahu feekum ikhwan. If you have any questions, please raise your hand and wait for the microphone to come to you inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Barakallahu feekum. Um the question is regarding the conditions and more so upon the fifth and sixth condition where it's abandonment of sin and resolve of not going back with the intent. I know a lot of folks they they suffer from these two aspects because if a person has the intent to abandon the sin but they are in despair or they are discouraged by their lack of progress in the previous times that they've done this they think that they have the intent to not go back to the sin but they know how often they failed at this so that in itself makes it very difficult to think that it's not going to happen again or that they are thinking that they have a firm resolve of not going back so how do you advise against this bismillah alhamdulillah was salatu was salam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd one should have a good thought about allah azza wa jalla the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned in al hadith al qudsi that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he stated ana inda ana inda dhanni 'abdi bi إن ظن بي خير فله ذلك وإن ظن بي شر فله ذلك أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم عن ربي. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned that Allah stated, "I'm with my servant in the manner that he thinks about me. If he thinks good about me, then for him is good, and if he thinks evil about me, then for him is that." So when it comes to making toba, you have you should have a good opinion about Allah that Allah is going to forgive you, and also along with that seek help. With Allah Azza wa Jalla, Iya ka na'budu wa Iya ka nasta'in. Tawbah is ibadah. You alone we worship. You alone we seek for help. Meaning, you alone Allah we worship, and you alone we seek your help in carrying out that worship. So, along with worshiping Allah, we have to seek Allah's aid in worshiping Him, so that we can perform the worship correctly. Tawbah is also from that. So, these are things that can aid you and help you, and seek refuge with Allah Azza wa Jalla. from the whispers of the shaitan who is trying to get you to fall into a state of despair allah he forgives all sins my family is listening on the internet and chat they have a question what if you have an issue with another muslim or muslima but don't feel comfortable to talk to them about it can you make sadaqa for them uh, the scholars do mention that as it relates to like backbiting and slandering that if you fell into backbiting another muslim or lying upon another muslim one thing you definitely have to do is go back to those people that you spread that false information on or to or the people you spoke bad to about the individual and rectify that re- retract that as for going to the person if it's going to lead to a greater harm and the person doesn't know then the scholar say give sadaqa in the name of that person and inshallah that will, that will wipe it out but now if the person knows should go to the person and rectify the situation and ask for the person to pardon you none i have a question allah azza wa jalla mentions afala yatadabbarun alquran do they not ponder over the quran walaw kana ma indi ghayri allah la wajidu fihi ikhtilafan kathira and if the quran was some other than allah then there be a lot of discrepancies so we agree that there are no mistakes and no contradictions in the quran correct How do we bring harmony between the statement of Allah qul ya ibadiyya alladhina asrafu ala anfusihim la taqnatu min rahmatillah inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jami'an and 
ان الله لا يغفر ان يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء how do we bring harmony between these two the first verse say oh my slaves who have wronged themselves do not despair from the mercy of allah indeed allah he forgives all sins and then there's another verse that says indeed allah does not forgive that partners are associated with them but he forgives other than that for whomsoever he wills how do we bring harmony between these two verses you understand the question does it seem like these two statements don't go together because this one verse is saying that allah forgives everything and the other one says that allah doesn't forgive something but we know that there's no contradictions in the quran so how do we bring the two verses together find the differences between them very well so what what are the differences okay Allah says he does not forgive that partners are associated with him meaning when at the time of death and as for Allah will forgive all sins that's when while you are alive that's the difference when Allah says he forgives all sins meaning while a person is alive and he has the opportunity to make tawbah even shirk Allah will forgive if you repent from shirk but if a person dies upon shirk now this is when Allah will not forgive it but there's no contradictions it is also a narration that mentions that allah azza wa jal has allah azza wa jal does not accept the toba of the mubtadi of the person of innovation same thing what what is intended is not a contradiction what is intended by allah has barred the toba of the mubtadi meaning in most cases he will not repent as one understanding or as long as he's on the bid'ah Allah will not forgive him for the bid'ah but as for in most cases he will not repent because when a person is doing innovation in the religion he thinks that he's doing good so he doesn't stop like earlier we mentioned we're not supposed to make toba from doing good so the person of innovation believes he's doing good right so he doesn't make toba and this is why you find the salaf I believe it's Sufyan Thawri he said al-bid'ah ahabbu ila iblis min al-ma'siyah that innovation is more beloved to iblis than sins and he said why is that he said al-ma'siyah yutab minha wal bid'ah la yutab minha that a person repents from disobeying Allah but as for innovation he doesn't repent meaning when a person goes and he drinks some whiskey he knows he's wrong a person he's a muslim he commits fornication or adultery when he's taking that shower he knows he's wrong that sorry gusu as we say and to go take that he knows he, he, man, i slipped again i got to stop this he knows he's fighting with himself right but when the person is in the masjid or the people in the masjid and i seen this with my own eyes they sitting in a circle and they have a white sheet in the middle of the circle and they said prophet muhammad is there sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they chant hello they chant do they make toba never never because they believe what they're doing is the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when i was there i didn't know better all right so somebody told me uh, the older brother subhanallah he said i'm going to take you to see how Islam is practiced the real way the way the africans do it i said okay alhamdulillah i'm going to see the real islam tonight and i was about maybe like 18 19 and we went into this masjid pitch black go up the stairs we get in so i hear it like all i can hear is like never in my life i don't know what's going on 
So he gets in there, he pulls out his beads, and he starts, he catches up, he starts chatting. I'm sitting on a, what they're saying was, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Muhammad. That's what they were saying. As I got closer, I start, I said, okay. So I'm sitting on the outside. So when they start saying, La ilaha illallah, I said, okay, I know that one. I pulled out my little beads, so I start (laughs) chanting with them. So he gives me a book. Uh, it was by, I think it was Ibrahim Nias or something like that, called Revivalist of the Sunnah, Hassan Sisi. It was a Tijani uh, book. So I opened the book and it says that that dhikr that they're doing, that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, taught Ahmed Tijani that dhikr in a dream. I dropped the book. I said, no, 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 this ain't no real Islam here. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute. If Abu Bakr is the best of the Muslims, and Umar, and Ali, why didn't the Prophet teach them? This was my question. So he, and they wanted me, they wanted me to give bay'ah to the, the head of the, uh, of the tariqah and stuff. And it was, it was a lot of stuff. So I never went back. I had like a one night stand with them. Right? So I never went back again. I gave the brother uh, back his book and told him, thank you, but no thank you. And so I never went back to uh, practicing the real Islam again. As the brother said. But the point is that till today, you find those individuals doing the same thing. So a person, when he's involved in innovation, more than likely he's not going to repent unless Allah has mercy upon him and allow him to see what's correct. Nah. You said 9.45, right? It says, what if you wrong so many people and you can't remember who you wronged? Or what if you committed sins with someone you have to ask them for? If you wronged a lot of people, ask Allah Azza to forgive you and try to give charity and say, oh Allah, this is for the people I have wronged. And do your best to rectify and just hope that on Yom Qiyamah, these people don't call you to account. And if you have done sins with people or two people and you have to seek their pardon, go to them in a humble manner and seek their pardon as Allah is the one who gives the success. How does one rectify an affair with family members that are not necessarily practicing after giving them da'wah, but they don't take it positively? In the sense that they're trying to tell the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful and they can return back anytime. That's a deception from the shaitan. That Allah Azza wa Jal is merciful and that you, you can return back to him anytime. Meaning that you can return back to repenting to Allah anytime. Yeah, that a person is just depending upon the mercy of Allah. This is from the methodology of the murjiyah. That they depend upon the text dealing with hope. Yes, Allah is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Al-Ghafur, Ar-Rahim, Naam. But also in the Quran, Inna Allah shadir iqab. We have to have balance. The servant has to be in between fear and hope. Fear of Allah's punishment, which makes him make tawbah, and hope for Allah's mercy. Also, which encourages the person to make tawbah. But a person should not just depend upon the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, this is from the deception of shaitan, Iblis, telling the person, encouraging the person, you have time. Listen, this is the same shaitan that when you're sleeping at night, and then you get up for tahajjud, the shaitan tells you what? Go back to sleep, the night is long. There's a hadith about that, right? And then what happens? By the time you wake up again, it's fajr time, and you miss the opportunity to pray qiyamul layl. Same shaitan. Sleep, the night is long. Same. You've got time to make tawbah. Still young. Enjoy yourself. Live your life. Don't worry about it. You did that. Make hajj this year. Wipe everything out. Who says you're going to make it? 
Who in this room right now has a guarantee from Allah he's going to be alive tomorrow morning? Please raise your hand because I want to know the secret. None of us. No one in this room has a guarantee he's going to live to the morning. As Ibn Umar said, when you reach the morning, don't expect to see the night. And if you reach the night, don't expect to see the morning. And this is what he st stated in relation to the statement of the Prophet. Be in a life of this world as if you are a stranger or a passerby. Inshallah ta'ala, the time. Because the brother, he told the people 945, so we don't want to keep the people beyond the time. Inshallah.